Good evening, church. Good to see you. Thank you for having me again. This is really kind and really nice, and I must not have offended anyone yet, so that's, that's amazing. Uh, about this time last year, I, I came and I spoke at Primrose Hill, uh, and I don't know if you remember, but uh, the, the, the word that I had was, uh, one of the phrases I had for you guys this time last year was, this year to come has, has never been written, it's a completely uh, blank page, and uh, what your past looks like, your future is absolutely spotless. Uh, does anyone remember that? Oh, that's really kind, you do. Uh, so guys, the word I've got f- uh, to bring to you tonight, guys, uh, the title is A Brand New Start. And uh, just kind of picking up from uh, various conversations before the meeting, I-, I hear you guys have been talking about going through a wilderness period uh, and entering into a new thing. And then a lot of the songs that we sang tonight kind of in- enhance that message, right? And, uh, and so A Brand New Start, it kind of feels appropriate to-, to bring that. A Brand New Start, hashtag the calling of Levi. So tonight, I just want to focus around this, uh, this, uh, this brief story in the book of Mark where uh, a lad called Levi encounters Jesus and he, and he has a brand new start. I don't know about you, but I'm well up for a brand new start. So the thing with a brand new start in Jesus is it's not a going back to square one. It's not a going back to square one. It's not retracing your steps, trying to rewrite the past for a better future. It's a brand new start. I don't know if there's anyone in here, but you may well love the idea of a brand new start tonight. Well, it is here and it's available. Uh, I don't know if you've made New Year's resolutions. I don't know if you're, you're doing really well keeping them. <laughs> oh, mine was to get to know Jesus more, but I'm not going to compare myself. So it would be really unfair. So, uh, <laughs> uh, so I, what, what have you decided you're going to be this year? What have you decided you're going to do? What are you going to change? There's a... Uh, is there a habit you're desperate to break? Is there a relationship that you kind of want to go for or you think you need to step back from? Are there people that, that you know that aren't good for, for, your, for your environment with Jesus and, and walking on in faith? Or, or are there people that you know you need to come alongside more because there's something about them that will take you further and deeper into your understanding of Father God? I don't know. My little boy thinks that there's a brand new me starting. Um, uh, just after Christmas, Joel, uh, he's four, he comes up to me and he says, Daddy! He said, Daddy, you're changing. I said, what do you mean? He said, you're getting muscles, aren't you? And I was like, mm, I don't know if I'm getting muscles, son. And, uh, <laughs> and he said, no, Daddy, you really are. You're getting lumps in your arm. I was like, wow. And so like, he'll look at his, kind of, like, his, his heroes, and they've all got these lumpy, bumpy muscles, obviously. And he's got these little outfits with fake little six-packs and all that kind of stuff. And he goes, Daddy, you're getting lumps in your arms. You must be getting muscles. And I said, what are you talking about, Joel? Like, I am, I am weedy. And, uh, and he, uh, he kind of goes to my arm, and he goes, well, that one there, Dad. I said, son, that's an embarrassing fat build-up known as a lipoma. That's no no muscle, my boy. That's no muscle. He said, no, Dad. No, it's a muscle. You're getting stronger. I was like, okay. So in my my attempt to kind of uphold my son's thinking that his dad is becoming a superhero, I'm kind of on the lookout for some dumbbells. So if any of you have finished sculpting your Zeus-like bodies, please do let me know if there's any weights that you may be able to lend me because my son's going to be disappointed if not. All right. That's a very real appeal. The reason being, so we've got a new friend, right, called Ed, and he's a copper, and he's a firearms officer, and he's built like a firearms officer. He's actually got muscles, and he's actually becoming Joel's hero, right? And uh, Joel's starting to compare me and Ed a little bit, and sometimes I think Joel would prefer Ed to be his dad. And, uh, and the first time I noticed this was, um, was uh, when Joel first said to me, he said, Dad, do you think you'll ever have muscles like Ed? 
I'm like, no, nah, I don't think I will, son. And then, and then the next time, I knew Ed was his hero because uh, Joel, had, he, he managed to ride his bike, and Ed's a bit of a, he's a bit of a, a bike rider himself. He's very good at sport and all the rest of it. And Joel, my little boy, he managed to ride his bike from Walsall Arboretum all the way back to Park Hall Estate, which is quite a little way. And I was really proud of him. And he said, he said, Daddy, Daddy. And I thought he was going to say something beautiful, this beautiful moment where I'm proud of my son. He said, Dad, do you think Ed will be proud of me? <laughs> and I said, son, I'm, I'm a little bit proud. I'm a little bit proud. Yeah, but do you think Ed will be proud? So, guys, in all seriousness, uh, this time next year, if you have me back this time next year, <laughs> you're going to see a henchman. All right. You're going to see muscles on muscles. It's going to be embarrassing. Uh, oh, dear. So, here we go. So, uh, this is my, my point being with Jesus, there's always a brand new start. We're going to come to look at Levi in a second. Have you ever noticed how Jesus, he never calls the most obvious types of people, the most devout or the most, uh, the most religious or the most uh, prim and proper. He always goes out and it seems deliberately to find the down and outs, the, 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 uh, the ones that you wouldn't expect the Son of God to kind of call to himself. And Levi was one of these people. You were one of these people. You may well have been a prim and proper person that should be in church. Or you might have been a right little scumbag that would never have been in church had it not been for the grace of Jesus Christ. Is anyone with me tonight? I don't know what your background is, but I'm sure the Lord called you out of some interesting situations. Let's turn to Mark chapter 2, verse 13 to 17. It says this. It says, then Jesus went again to walk alongside the lake, and again a crowd came to him, and he taught them. Strolling along, he saw Levi, son of Alpheus. That's a good name, isn't it? I've kind of decided if I have another child and it's a boy, I'm going to call him Alpheus. It's a good name, Alpheus, son of right. Um, And this guy was at his work collecting, collecting taxes. Jesus said, come along with me, and he came. Later, Jesus and his disciples were at home having supper with a collection of disreputable guests. Unlikely as it seems, more than a few of them had become followers. The religion scholars and the Pharisees saw him keeping this kind of company and lit into his disciples. What kind of example is this? Acting cozy with the riffraff. Jesus over here in shop back. Who needs a doctor? The healthy or the sick? I'm here inviting the sin sick, not the spiritually fit. I just want to take a step back for a second. When you look in the Bible, there are two Levi's. Two Levi's. There's this Levi that we've just read about. And then in the Old Testament, there's another guy called Levi. And Levi, in the Old Testament, was the son of a woman called Leah. And if you know the story, Leah was a woman who was married to a man who didn't actually want her. He wanted her sister. Right? Leah... She got herself repeatedly pregnant by this husband who did not love her because she was seeking for this husband to love her and to accept her. And in the culture of the day, to have more sons meant the wife was more honorable and more of a blessing to her husband. So this, be- this woman, Leah, she, st- she, she gets herself pregnant time and time again. And her third son, she calls him Levi. And the name Levi means this, attached. In other words, maybe, just maybe, after not the first or second one, maybe after the third son, maybe he'll love me. Maybe he'll want me. So she called him Levi, meaning attached. This first Levi in the Old Testament, he comes about through the desperation of a woman who wants to be loved by her husband. Maybe that was his only purpose in life. Maybe he was only born because this woman wanted her husband to love her. But here's an incredible thing. Whatever the desperate situation, God has a different idea. 
Because this first Levi back in the Old Testament, he became the father of the Levites. Have you heard of the Levites? And the Levites, their job was to actually administer God's house. Anything of worship, anything that was wonderful in the house of God, it was up to them to lead it. And so this lad that was born out of the desperation of a desperate woman was now a leader amongst his nation to bring honor and glory to God. So just when you think that your origin is insignificant, can I just inspire you tonight and say, well, God has got something incredible for you. He's got something incredible for your descendants. He wants to name people after you. You know, people are going to call you their spiritual mother and father because of the way you led them to Jesus. Why could that not be the case? How's that for a brand new start? To see yourself in that way instead of wherever you've come from. Who knows? So this Levi, the Levi we just read about, this second Levi. This second Levi is another misfit amongst his community. It's an interesting story, this, because this Levi... Obviously, his name also means attached, but he was attached to things that he shouldn't be attached to. Our pastor, Gail Chamberlain, she, she, she's spoken on Le- this Levi before, and, and she's spoken about tax collectors. And, and after she did a bit of digging, she found that actually the tax collectors in this day, they were like the mafia of their day. You see, the tax collectors, Levi, this tax collector that Jesus called that day, he, uh, he, he would have been a Jewish lad, but working on behalf of a foreign enemy. Now, what an interesting thing that is. I wonder what happened in Levi's life that he went from being this wonderful little Jewish boy to, 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 to growing up into a place where he kind of turned his back on the community that he'd grown up in and he said, you know what, I'm going to side with the enemy because the enemy has a better idea for my life than, than maybe the God that I've been brought up to believe in. What an interesting thing. How did this Jewish lad end up working for an enemy that really was abusing him to get tax from his own people on behalf of them? Now, the thing was, Levi, he was making some money on the side for himself as well. It was actively encouraged by the Romans for for tax collectors like Levi to overcharge, overcharge the people. Now, here's the thing. These tax collectors, the type that Levi was, would have been local lads taxing their local community. Could you imagine having a young lad growing up in this church environment and he he gets to a certain age, he starts working for the enemy and he starts to tax you all. This kid that you've known since he was knee-high to a grasshopper is now taking your money. Oh, and by the way, he's ripping you off as well. I mean, what would you do? Would you castigate the lad? Would you throw him out? Well, I reckon this Levi, he must have been an outcast in his own community. Are you with me tonight, church? Is this making sense? So this poor lad. He was certainly attached, but he was attached to a questionable lifestyle. He was certainly an attached man. He was connected to rich and powerful people. But in his community, he'd have been known as a traitor. Do you know, this type of tax collector, he would have sat himself on the main road going in and out of all the major ports in the city. All the major inroads, all the major gateways. You could not have avoided the sin that this lad was exuding, this sin that this lad was living out, collecting taxes, being a burden to the society that brought him up. Man, whatever the true circumstances surrounding Levi, somehow he became tangled up, working for the wrong people, doing the wrong thing. I want to ask you a question, and I want you to answer it in the, 
in your heart of hearts, are, are you involved in something right now that you know you should not be involved in? Are you party to, to things that are going on that you just should not have been involved with? Have you ever messed up in a way that you wish you could turn back time and make a different choice? Have you ever been in a place like that? Have you ever been so wrapped up in a wrong situation that you don't know how you're going to get out of it? Well, I reckon Levi was one of these people. Did you notice that when Jesus called Levi, his answer was very quick, very swift. I'm coming with you, Jesus. You want to follow me? Yes, I do. There doesn't seem to be any question about it. He just got off from his backside and he walked and he followed Jesus. I wonder if Levi, I wonder if Levi was just waiting for the opportunity for Jesus to come to him and say, do you want to follow me? You see, I wonder here tonight whether some of you are just waiting for Jesus to say, hey, do you want to follow me like never before? Because tonight that is what Father God would say. At the start of a brand new year, Jesus would say to us tonight, do you want a brand new start? Do you, do you want me to grace you to walk away from the things you need to walk away from? Then I, I will be that person for you. Do you want me to take you into a new place in life, a new season of growth and, and prosperity and progress? Well, I, I can be that, says Jesus. I can be that. You see, Levi was definitely a wrong lad doing a wrong job, in a wrong situation, living a wrong lifestyle. But ain't that just the place where Jesus steps in, the right saviour, at the right time, with the right thoughts and the right understanding about your life? Isn't that always the way with Jesus? I don't know where you're sat. I don't know what you're doing with life right now. I don't know what your circumstances are. But I know that Jesus is always your right saviour in the right place at the right time. There is no time like the present to hold your hands up and go, Jesus, save me from this. Take me further. Lead me on, God. Now's the time. Now is always the time. Always the time. You see, when Levi was called by Jesus, did you notice that it didn't say he went on a three-month counseling course? Did you notice that he didn't do a 12-week freedom in Christ thing on Tuesday night? Did you notice he didn't have to go on an alpha course? This guy was a mess. And Jesus says, do you want to follow me? Now, what would that have done to Jesus' reputation? This lad that was known for corrupting the people that he was he'd grown up with and, 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 and corrupting himself and taxing people and, and ripping people off. And now he's hanging with Jesus. I wonder what Jesus was thinking as he was walking through the streets with Levi following behind. I wonder if Jesus was thinking, oh man, what's everyone going to think? Man, I'm going to have some questions this time. <laughs> Levi, he's a nutter. I wonder what Levi was thinking. This man's just called me. This is what I've been waiting for. I didn't know how I was going to break out of this. And then the chance arises and I'm going for it. I'm going for it. Do you want to go for it in Jesus? P-H-C-C. Whatever this wilderness is that you've been talking about, you know there's a land of milk and honey for you. There's a land overflowing with goodness and mercy and grace for you. He's a good God. The heart of the Lord is that you would follow him without asking any questions. You see, Jesus, he never said to Levi, will you, come and, will you come and follow church? Will you come and follow music? Will you come and follow, uh, will you come and follow the hypocritical types? Will you come and follow religion? No, he just said, will you follow me? Maybe you have a question in your heart, and maybe your question is, I, I, I don't know what I'm following. 
Jesus says, follow me. Follow me. And listen, you can see Jesus through the people in this church. You can find Jesus in the place of worship. You can find Jesus. But follow Jesus. Follow Jesus. You see, everything else will fall into place. All the things, I don't know whether there may be someone in the room that's got a hang up with, with, with how things have been in the past. But I tell you, if you follow Jesus and see things through his eyes, then things will start to fall into place. When all else fails, one sure thing is that following Jesus will turn your life for the better. I want to say Alpheus. This name I'm going to call my second son. I really should stop saying that because I'll get called out on it at some point. Why don't you call him Jerry? Well, he's going to be Alpheus. Uh, here's the thing, right? Check it out. Levi was the son of Alpheus. And I'm always, I'm always fascinated by names. I know there's always significance. There's, there's not a single letter misplaced in the Bible. I'm convinced it's the inspired word of God. You know the word Alpheus? The name Alpheus means change. Levi was the son of change. This lad that was attached to a wrong life He was the son of change. You know, sooner or later, this was going to catch up with him, right? It was running in his family line. Change was going to come, okay? But you see, Levi, he's not only known as Levi in the Bible. Jesus effectively changes his name, and he starts to become more commonly known as Matthew. And do you know what the word Matthew means? It means gift of God. The last thing Levi was, was a gift of God. Are you with me tonight, church? The last thing he was was a blessing to his community or a delight to his family. Yet Jesus calls him. He calls him from a family where his father's name is changed. There was always going to be a change to take place and now he is gift of God. Wherever you have been, whatever your circumstance, whatever your beginnings, the Lord would turn it on its head and say, hey, do you know you're a gift of God? Not in an arrogant kind of, I am a gift from God. (laughs) But you are a gift of God. You are a gift of God. A gift of God. I don't know what you're attached to. He knows what you're attached to. He also knows that he wants to bring you into a place where you know know that he calls you a gift of God. A child of God. Wouldn't that be incredible? Now, I might be speaking to a room full of Christians, but you know as well as I do, we need to reassert our faith every once in a while. We need to realign who we are in Jesus Christ. He calls us his gift. He calls us his gift. Here's the thing. Levi literally went from sitting in a place of sin, still, rotting spiritually, taxing and ripping off sinner of sinners, to an encounter with Jesus Christ that takes him from being attached to wrong things, to being called a gift of God. You see, Jesus said, follow me. He didn't say, sit down and watch me. He said, follow me. So the gospel's all about movement. It's all about a journey. It's not about getting it right in an instant. It's about a willingness to follow Jesus. A willingness to follow Jesus. From sitting and rotting spiritually to moving forward and encountering Jesus on a daily basis. You know, this guy ends up becoming the first proponent of the gospel of Jesus Christ in the New Testament. The New Testament starts with the book of Matthew. So this guy who was an absolute nothing to his community becomes one of the chief proponents of the message of Jesus Christ. Isn't that incredible? Isn't that incredible?
And so tonight, I, I just want to kind of start to draw this to a close. Okay, and I don't know whether I don't know whether you've been a Christian for many years or whether it's your first time in tonight. I don't know what your story is. All I know is that God has got something wonderful planned for your life. I know that God has got something incredible for you. I know that his mercy covers a multitude of sins, whatever you've been through, whatever you've been involved in, he loves you. He loves you. In fact, in the worship, I was asking the Lord, Lord, what do you want me to say to this congregation tonight? And I felt God say that there's one, there might be more people, but there's definitely one person in this room tonight, and this this is for you. I asked God, what do you want me to say? And this is what he put on my heart to say to you at this point. He wanted you to know, whoever you are, this is God speaking to you, my love is not a lie. My love is not a lie. I am who I say I am. You know that I love you. I'm not going to awkwardly pull back from what I've said. Press into me. Come closer. Don't walk away. Can I say that one more time? Because I really felt the Holy Spirit wanted me to say that. I don't know who you are. It doesn't matter if you tell me or not. This is between you and God. This is what God wanted to say tonight. My love is not a lie. I am who I say I am. You know that I love you. I'm not going to awkwardly pull back from what I've said. Press into me. Come closer. Don't walk away. So no matter your story, no matter your background, no matter your lifestyle, in this day and age, let's be real, no matter your sexuality, no matter your moral failings or your incredible successes, Jesus Christ is here and he's available. Whether it's your first time encountering such a message or it's the hundredth time, it is applicable all time. Can I just pray with you guys? A hand back. I'm just going to pray a prayer that will act as an invitation really to finding Jesus as your Lord and as your Savior tonight. Here we go. So Lord Jesus, I want to thank you that you want to give us a brand new start. Thank you Lord that you love us unconditionally. Thank you Lord that you sent Jesus to die on a cross to take the sin from our lives throw it into a place of forgetfulness and raise us to life in you, Jesus. I'm sorry for the sin. I'm sorry for the wrong things I've been a part of. Tonight I choose to follow you. Come into my life, Lord, in your precious name. Amen. 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 Thank you, Joy.